Welcome to a Burden for the Times podcast. Three brothers that take on big topics in order to decipher what is bona fide truth, what is just bogus, and what is biblical. Join us as the Burden brothers have clarifying conversations about our current culture and race relations. And here is your host, Adrian Burden. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here. We're going to be closing out Black History Month with one more episode of stories, events, people that you should probably know from Black History. Hey, but right before we get started, we're going to ask a would you rather question. The last would you rather question that we had, actually, we were discussing it. Uh, some friends and I were at Top Golf, and as we were playing, they were talking about the podcast, and they began, we in, began a discussion about the last um, pod, I mean, the last episode that we did of Would You Rather, and that was you lose your ability to read or to speak, and we were discussing the ramifications behind it. So I, let's do another Would You Rather, and uh, it, this is a tough one because it's going to little, it's going to somehow connect to what my story is for this Black episode for this Black History Month episode. Um, so it's a it's a little bit weird, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. Would you rather, Anton? No, sorry, with Aaron. <laughs> it was. Would you rather be in jail for a year or lose a year of your life? So let's just say your life expectancy and God's timetable was seventy-three. You're gonna die at seventy-two, or go to prison for a year. <laughs> don't Bro, think too hard even, about it. I don't even have to think hard. Man, take my life. I'm going. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> I, I am not even trying to live in prison. Like I'm not. It's not even. I didn't even have to think. Like when you were explaining, like, you don't have to explain anymore, sir. I'm <laughs> God did not make this man to be in prison. That's funny. <laughs> hey, I was thinking Aaron's going to go the direction of what kind of spiritual influence could I have? He's like, look, take me home. Let's take me home. <laughs> 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 no hesitation. All right, Anton, let's come to you then. I'm with Aaron. See, I was with you because at first you said jail, and I was like, jail, I can do a year in county. But then you said prison. Nah, I'm good. (laughs) 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 Pass. Well, okay. Well, I have a life about people in prison. Oh, okay. Well, jail again. Jail, sure. I'm, I'm down. Prison, no. I'm even gonna step. Jail, still no. <laughs> no, really? No, I could do a year in county. Like, county's not. No. Well, I have no huge context of it. I did preach in the prison system. Uh, when I worked for Rock of Ages, I'd been, you know, heard the whole dork slam behind your back and do all that stuff. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just the optimist here in this little creation. But I'm like, I try it. I don't want to die. Maybe my kids can at least come and see me for the last year. You know, I don't know. But anyway, so, well, that that's not the way <laughs> it was going to go. <laughs> no, not, even, not even a thought for me. I'm like, I don't quite John R. Rice either. I mean, often, but I think it's like, what, you threaten me with heaven? Like, no, there's no way. <laughs> John R. Rice is quoting the Burden for the Times podcast. This is... 
Yes. Anyway, well, well, that one, that one went went the way it went. Okay, so we'll move on. So let's talk about stories, names, or events from Black history. Um, so because we just talked about the prison thing, I feel I should go first, even though I've been talking a lot. Um, and then we'll swing over to Anton, and this time Aaron will end with you, so that you can start off directly into talking about what lessons we can learn. So my story is this: it's going to be from Attica. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, Attica prison is the maximum security prison it was the bloodiest uprising in american history um just so you have a context of what's taking place in this prison i've been reading the testimony and list the testimony of carlos roche and when i read his testimonies i'm just going to use some quotes that his description of the prison that the guards were vicious and savage the inmates were tortured some were even killed it was over capacity by 600 people in the prison. I'm just going to say it gently, but it's also a known situation that there was sodomy was a large problem due to the audience. I'm just going to leave it at that. It was a horrific place to be. We're talking about a time. Let's see. I think the, the prison riot began, I believe in 197, it was in 1941. I will give you that date specifically, but basically, um, the prisoners were tired of the treatment that was had. Obviously, a large black majority that was there. That's the reason why I bring it up during Black History Month. Spontaneous riot took place during the riot. Um, one officer was killed and three inmates were also killed during the opening moments of the riot. During the riot, they had officers taken hostage and they made demands to those who were on the outside. Some of the demands they were making is they wanted toilet paper shower access, and also wages to be fair. Now, obviously, because an officer was killed, they were asking for amnesty and other things as well. But these are the things that were making the list. Quoted as saying, we are men, we are not beasts, and we do not want to be treated as such. The military was called in, and inside the raid that took place, 39 people were killed. The reports came out that then said that the officers who were killed during the military raid had their throats slit because there were pre pretty much people that uh, they said the prisoners did it to torture them or whatever it is and, and other psychological things to the other um, people that were there trying to get their demands met. However, the Emmy later would then show forth that the prisoners had not killed those officers that were inside, but that all of their wounds were consistent with military gun fire. And so basically when the military came in, it was game on. They were not looking, trying. it wasn't going to be a situation of sparing these officers' life. The demands were not going to be met, and so therefore it came in the bloodiest situation that we find in prison history, the Attica prison situation. Anton, do you know about this? Aaron, do you know about this story? I'm sorry, 1971 is when it happened. 1971, get my date straight, is when this took place. Uh, aware of this, any questions you guys have about it before we move to our next story? I don't have any questions. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. No, I was going to say, go ahead. You, I was told you, go ahead. Um, uh, the only thing, again, that I would add is because um, 
if you now what we think of as prison, which prison is obviously still terrible, hence the reason we gave up a year of our lives instead of going there. But <laughs> um, now, like when we talk about higher education, more religious freedoms, like Adrian talked about, um, Rock of Ages, other prison ministries, all these things came as a result of the Attica prison riot. It's another situation that I would compare to something of like Malcolm X, where it's like literally men were asking for, as Adrian just said, what we would consider as just the bare minimum of human existence, what you would think, like a shower or um, the ability not, as Adrian was talking about, being assaulted, all these things, just safety. And the only reason we ever as a country really paid any attention is because of a situation like this. And that is says more about us than it really does them, in my opinion. Uh, that goes into my tip tool at the very end. But yes, you know, how does one get a person's attention? I mean, no toilet paper, no shower, and people are being told that these people are being cared for or whatever it is. These, these are it's savagery. It's, it's sadness. Um, Aaron, anything to add before we move to our next story? I don't have anything to add other than it just feels my decision a little bit harder. Yep. I'd rather go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Actually, can I say one more thing, which is, is it, it does connect because both of our the Attica prison. But in 2011, the year, well, anyway, when I graduated high school, a person, and I was looking up the story, a man incarcerated in Attica was brutally beaten by guards for the first time in New York State history. Correction officers were criminally charged for a non-sexual abuse of, a, of an inmate. However, the guards pleaded guilty in 2015 to a misdemeanor charge of misconduct, and none of them faced prison time. So I'm just saying that although that was in 1971, terrible things still happen at that prison, and people still do not go to jail. Wow. That's... Yeah, you don't, you can't tell me stuff like that, man. That bothers me a little bit deeper than I want to dare admit. But anyhow, um, so that's a story. Not a happy one. Like I said, I'm not even one that wants to sit here and relish in thought about what's taking place and what is currently taking place. But we'll talk about the application of that in just a minute. And Tyler, let's swing over to you. What um, Tell us a story, a name, event from Black history that we should probably be aware of in the 21st century. Um, my person, it's actually... Um, I guess if I had to make a list, it, it, he's very high on my list. Um, it's Robert Smalls. Um, a lot of people don't know Robert Smalls. Uh, he is one of my favorites because I think although he accomplished so much, he just remained so uh, low key. Um, he was born in uh, Beaufort, South Carolina in 1839. Um, when he was 12, he left the fields. Um, they had him working at, in the fields to work on the dock. He went from dock worker to helmsman and became an expert in almost every area of shipcraft. Um, he, uh, married his wife right after, uh, he was about 18 years old. Um, when the civil war broke out, they forced him because he was such a good, uh, shipman to pilot a Confederate ship, transferring troops, laying mines in Charleston Har Harbor, um, plotting in secret with the enslaved crew. He tricked the Confederate officers into going on shore for the night. He then sent word to the crew's family to rendezvous on the ship before dawn. When his wife stepped on board, she didn't even know the plan. Um, one of the things she said was, I will go for where you die. I will die. Donning a captain's uniform and mimicking his movements, he made his way past Confederate checkpoints. As they approached Fort Sumter, everyone got like super scared because they, they knew that was like the biggest um, obstacle they'd have to overcome. He used his expert knowledge of the Confederate code book, signaled the watchman's intention to pass by. But then like no one responded for quite some time. But then finally, after like a couple of minutes, they let him through. When they were out of range of Fort Sumter, he raised the white flag made a beeline for the Union blockade. And then actually he used his knowledge. He joined the Union command, used his knowledge of the mine placements, troop deployments around Charleston Harbor, and they captured Coles Island within one week. They then let him enlist in the Navy. He saw action in over 17 engagements. 
while serving on the same ship that he literally captured from the Confederacy. Um, one of the white officers, they were surrounded and the white officers were going to turn over the boat to the Confederacy. However, Smalls knew that he was African-American. All the African-Americans on board would be treated horribly if he did that. He took control of the ship, piloted them to safety, and no one lost their lives. That gave him the promotion to the rank of captain and also inspired Abraham Lincoln to let African-Americans serve in the army for the first time. Actually, when he returned to South Carolina after the war, he was he drafted legislation because he became a descender of over five terms um, for free public schools in the South. Um, and to me, one of the, what I guess it's kind of funny uh, people in their comeuppance, but um, he actually bought the place he was a slave at in South Carolina as uh, the sitting congressman and lived where his mother was a slave and, wow. until his death. Um, on his tombstone in South Carolina, which I encourage you, uh, you can go there and you'd visit it. And it also has like some of the recreations of the stuff. It says on his tombstone, my race needs no special de- no special defense. For the past history of them in this country proves them to be equal of any other people anywhere. All they need is an equal chance in this battle of life. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, one of my favorite people. How is there not a movie on this guy? Is there a movie that I don't know about? Uh, not to my knowledge, um, but I've always thought that there's like two people that I've, which I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I might use him later, but there are two people that I've always felt their life is just a movie waiting for a decent script because they are awesome in that way. Huh? Oh, there's look defiant. Um, I just Googled it. It looks like Danny Glover. Who's a, I believe I can fly guy. Um, da, da, da. Isn't it Danny Glover, right? I think that's him. I believe I can fly. Like, no, Danny Glover has it, nothing to do with, it. I believe I can fly. <laughs> Super confused. <laughs> Angels in the outfield guys. Oh, the outfield, but you're talking about space jam. Yeah. I believe I can I fly. I can fly started in, in angels in the outfield. I believe I can fly. Like they I, start- had, I haven't seen it was the outfield in a long time. You oh. could be right, but, um, I, I thought everybody started waving their arms. I associate that with space jam. Irrelevant, oh. but true. I won't <laughs> <laughs> okay. Digression, digression. I'm going to do it though. Just for y'all. Just so you know, but anyway, um, yeah, but anyhow, all they're saying there should be a movie on that. But um, that is that is an inspiring story. That is insane, actually. So, but uh, Aaron, any follow up questions or anything like that uh, before you tell your story? No, I think I've heard Robert um, Small's reference in other books, but I've never read his actual story. So, no, it's actually one of the things I'm like, oh man, that's interesting. I need to check this out. Gotcha. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Uh, close us out this portion as far as telling the stories before we start making some practical applications. All right. So my story is going to be the story of Ellen and William Craft. They were slaves. Ellen, Ellen was actually fathered by her master. So I guess in terms back then, she would have been considered a mulatto. Um, but she was very fair skinned. So Ellen and William Craft wanted to get married, uh, tried to get married, lots of problems because of the different the struggles of slavery. And so what they did was to desire to be free, Ellen and William Craft dressed up as slave and master to go across the United States and made a trek up north for freedom. So Ellen covers her face, uh, bandages up her arm dresses as a white person, a white man, a white young man. And then William, her husband, comes along as her slave, as his slave. And they travel through and they travel up north on the railroad, but not the Underground Railroad. 
above the railroad on a regular train and they had saved up enough money so they could pay and they had just have an epic story of how they navigated all the different things that they had to like when people would come and talk to her she had to disguise her voice of course and she had to like say and act as if she was a white man but that she had kind of learned some things from her father all the work that it took to pull this off so you can read their story uh it's a pretty new book i think it came out or this january called master slave husband wife but they navigate it all come to freedom they travel around tell their story uh with people like henry box brown and others who had uh we talked about him i think last year for black history month but they tell their story the big part of their story that comes back up though is during the fugitive when the fugitive slave act is enacted people can now come get their slaves and so they travel around publicly with their freedom but now the fugitive slave act has gone through now the people that uh who they were formerly enslaved can't come get them and so then there's a whole nother great story of how they end up having to go to canada live in canada for a little while but you start to see like these people who stood against slavery and did all these like awesome things they came by it hard like it wasn't like we sometimes look at it now and even as i read their story i'm like this is amazing like like you said we talked about it a little earlier this could be a movie but this is their actual life like yeah they are scared to death like at any point he or his wife if they had found out that she was not a white man, but she's actually a black woman who's trying to pass. Like if they had found that out, their story would have been horrible of what would have happened to them. But as they go through freedom and then after they get to freedom, they talk with, um, I mean, they speak with Frederick Douglass and others, but then when the fugitive slave act happens, they have to go to Canada. Like just the story of how, well, first of all, it's an epic story. I suggest reading. It. It's a great story. The second part is that the work that it took for all these people that we look up now, Frederick Douglass, all these people who we look up to, Henry Boss Brown, who mails himself, we look at them, their stories as a as a movie type thing. It's almost like we do, what we do to Bible characters. Like, oh, David killed Goliath. Like, this was actually a moment where a kid ran towards a, a very well um, mastered warrior with a sling and slung it at him. Like, I know it makes movie, but this actually happened. <laughs> like, and we start thinking some of the times these black history things of like, oh man, she dressed up as a man and they went through the whole train ride and they got away to up north. Like, that's awesome. That's the story. We should make it a movie. I'm not making light of what we just said. I'm saying yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. with you say that, but then it's like, no, these people actually did this because they needed freedom. <laughs> like they, they were trying to get away and their lives never, it was never like, oh, we got the freedom. Now we have this cushy life that we live. They constantly live in fear that they could be brought back. I mean, pretty much killed, beaten to death, made an example to other slaves if they got caught. And it's just um, the thought process of what people had to go through for freedom. Yeah, it is. It is mind boggling. Like you said, you definitely don't want to make light of what's taking place. It's it's I'm reminded of the verse and limitations. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Greatest thy faithfulness, because if I was looking at the world and seeing all the debauchery, man, Jesus would have come back a long time ago. <laughs> you know, it's like it just is. It's just it's just sad that they for uh, for a person to have a life that would be removed from these these extra layers of just this just savagery that takes place and 
it's like, wow, it's like interesting for us. But at the same time, there are stories that need to be told because these are things that happen with people's lives. Hey, as we then kind of kick gears a little bit, um, let's think about lessons to be able to learn. I mean, I kind of even gave one with limitations there and talking about Aaron's story. But let's start off with Aaron's story since we just discussed it. And then we'll make our way back to Anton's and then finish up with mine here. Um, Any type of applicational things that kind of move from today. Obviously I did that. I took the approach of, wow, people are horrible making those family do all that. But any other things that you then see Aaron or Anton, either one um, to be able to then reflect up. Well, actually you, Aaron reflect upon of lessons to learn from. I think my biggest one is that these people aren't heroes. They didn't like wake up in the morning. How can I go viral on YouTube? They just were Hmm. trying to get freedom. Like they weren't trying to, like become heroes or the people that stand in front. Like even when people are like, please tell your story. They're like, we don't want to talk. Why are we telling our story? <laughs> like yeah. we're just trying to, and sometimes I'm trying to remember um, the quote, when good men do nothing, you've posted it Adrian, before. I'm trying, I can't think of the way it's said. Well, uh, evil prevails when good men do nothing. It's something to yes. that effect. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's just these people, just decided they, this is what they need to do. And then even after it still cost them something to speak out again as age. I mean, I think Anton said, was it the last podcast? Like if um, Martin Luther King Jr. is still alive, would he still be a hero? <laughs> I think mm-hmm. this is the, the same thing. Like these people did what they needed to do, not because they were trying to be heroes. They just, this is what needed to be done in order to get freedom. And even as they spoke out in all the different, uh, places they did to try and help abolitionists, they still weren't heroes. Like nobody looked at them. There was a couple of people that looked at them heroes, but the world did not look at them and say, good job, guys. You did what you needed yeah. to do pretty much all the way until they died. They just were people that's like, this one needs to be done. And I can commend them for that. It's interesting. And uh, the the, trip, the the quote you're referring to, is ref- it's usually given credit to Edmund Burke, where people argue about whether or not he said it. But the only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Um, but, yeah, good point. You know, that wake up that morning trying to go viral. They're just trying to survive. And it's just what a what a lesson and a testament. It just, you know, sometimes we can be so focused on how can I then advance myself or how can I then make myself look you know, pr- placing myself on another thing and then think back, there's a generation that didn't even have that temptation. They were just trying to survive and makes me grateful for what the opportunities the Lord has given to me. And I definitely don't want at all to then squander these opportunities. Anton, you can go either way. You want to give us the lessons to learn from that story, or you can even go to your character. I mean, as far as, I mean, you're, you're already giving your character, but as far as, um, and, and Mr. Smalls, but anything that we can learn from his story today. I'm going to add me and Aaron's together as I think they're, they're similar in one way. The one thing I would just want to say about um, the crafts, which I thought is super interesting. When I was actually, we were in Georgia, the Tubman African American Museum actually has a thing about them um, in there. And it's also in Macon, Georgia, the same place the Tuskegee experiment, whatever took place. So there's a full circle callback there. But um, but um, they have a, a small museum that has a lot of, I would say, like the crafts, let's just say lesser known um, African American uh, it's not like uh, the one in DC. It's a lot more smaller, but I would say it's a very good museum if you have time to visit it. Um, but to what we can learn from it, I would say about both these characters that I find super interesting if you read um, their biography or even watch the movie, because I know the crafts have a couple of movies. And it's the strengths of marriages at that point 
Because I'm telling you, I don't think we highlight enough what it would be like. That's why that quote from his wife is like, I'll die where you die. To me, it's just, it's a level of, uh, let's say, commitment that we just do not know in our modern <laughs> culture that you both, I mean, we when you talk about the crafts, it's like she was white passing. She can walk away. And it's so so interesting that it's like, again, but he never fears that whatever happened. It doesn't cross his mind. Like you see that in his thinking, that that's just not something that would ever happen. That they are so committed to each other in a way that, again, I think in our modern society, we just aren't accustomed to seeing anymore. And how that building block of marriage, uh, biblically speaking, is what everything else sets on. You see that that's never what anyone was concerned about, was never, you know, my wife loving me or my husband's commitment to me is never something that's actually in question. We're so much so focused on the other task at hand, that one doesn't even come up. And to me, that's what I find in both those stories that's just so interesting is, and I guess, you know, the, the Bible says, obviously, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I can just say, if you do not have that experience, well, I'm sorry for you. But to me, it's just encouraging and interesting it's something that you really want to um try to get for yourself because it's a uh it's a wonderful thing and then you see how god can use that in so many ways that that family structure is so important That's awesome. mm. the, you you made a huge point about the strength of marriages during that time being such a huge thing that is i mean that is just mind-boggling just taking that thought alone about just you know, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't perfect. I'm sure they had their fats and different things, but the fact of sticking together through that much adversity. Wow. What a lesson to be able to be taken from. Aaron, were you going to add something to that? No, I think it also does speak to when Anton was talking, it speaks to their character. Like, I know that this means nothing to us, but one of the things that um, Ellen Craft went to her, I don't want to say to her grave, but she felt so bad that she had to dress up as a man and that people still brought, brought that up till the day she died. Like that bothered her. And she was ashamed that she had spent all that time dressed as a man. And to me, it's like, what in the world? Who really cares? <laughs> like, yeah. You got the freedom. <laughs> but that was one of the things she didn't really want talked about from the stage when they were talking about her story. Cause she didn't want that emphasize that she had. And, it, and it's not even, I know we can say like it's Victorian prudes or whatever, but it's like these people did care about right and wrong. They cared about things that mattered. Now, again, I'm going to say for us, it doesn't. that's not a big deal. But I'm just saying like the character of these people, just look at what they believed in and then to walk in that, like there's value in that. Wow. Yeah, some lessons definitely to be learned. And then we go back to the Attica uh, prison system and what was taking place there. It really just – shoots forth a lesson to today of let's be aware of what's taking place currently. Anton alluded to it just a little bit ago, 2011. Uh, that's, that's, that's just a couple of years ago, man. Like uh, my kid was born in 2011. So these are not distant things and maybe it's not happening at such a, a rate that which, you know, like they're not asking for toilet paper or something like that, but there is still great, injustice happened during this time. I was just going through and it was like, you know, even the sentencing aspect of it. Now, this was what took place during the Attica prison um, revolt. But Elliot Barkley was a guy who was in that prison um, at that prison at the time. He had cashed a 
uh, forged or I guess cashed, whatever he did. He forged a money order at the age of 18 and he was given four years inside of jail. After he did his four years, he was out on parole. And during his out on parole, he was driving without a license. He was then caught driving without a license. Then he was put into a maximum security prison. That prison happened to be the Attica prison. As he was there, he was a well-spoken young man. You know, as he was there during his time and he was the one, if you go and Google the Attica prison, he was the one that was making the uh, the spokesman for the demands that they were trying to make. Um, he was letting them know about we need we want toilet paper, shower access, obviously that there are some problems, you know, as far as abuse and different things that was taking on. He was the spokesman. Well, during that um the, when the military came in, he was one of the people who died uh, during that tragic, tragic event. Now, we can argue the ramifications of should it happen, should it have not happened or whatever. But we can learn that there are some people like a maximum unless I'm missing something. You're driving without a license. I am not saying that rules are just, you know, we should just live, make them so people can break them. However, maximum security prison seems a bit on the nose to me. That's a bit much. And it just seems like if there's like some logical way we can look at it and say like this is not right and we can notice it from our end being necessarily not um, not a person who's in it every day. I mean, Anton's been, but as far as uh, knowing the system, how it works, and if we know it's bad, then it must be horrific as far as if you were to take a closer look. I think it just begs that we should be more aware. It begs that we should be more sensitive about laws. Anton's really opened my eyes when he was bringing out some different things in his last talk about the prison system, how we probably need to be doing some more homework and legislation and being aware of what kind of things are being passed to be able to have there to be profitable reform instead of I know when I ever we talk about prison systems and stuff, usually it always ends like this is a person. Yeah, it'd be nice. Get a free drink, free meal, uh, nice bed or whatever it is. And I look at stories like this and I'm like, how do you get someone's attention? You know, sadly enough, Anton's even brought up this prison riot is what then set the stage for it. I hated that many people died, but it's like, can we let it be that people can make a point with them not having to get crazy without it having to be violent to take place? But it seems this is the only language that we understand. And I definitely say that believers should let it be that only thing that's driving them to be able to listen is the fact that they're image bearers of Christ. Therefore, we should then hear what then needs to be said. Any other takeaways y'all want to be able to take, uh, be able to shoot forth? You can even just wrap it in your tips and tools as we close. Anton, specifically, I know that you're very knowledgeable and passionate about the prison system. Anything you want to add? Um, I would just say, and I, I mean this delicately, like I, I do not think. I think we should have learned from it. I don't think we did. So when when it's an it's an ignorance that I think um, has kind of infected us. That again, I don't like to be the Malcolm X, but I do not think, as you said earlier, we really respond to anything other than violence when it comes to giving people rights. In the United States, I do not know a group of people that has rights that got them through a peaceful method. I I just don't. Every group, like the closest thing you can say to that is probably white women. And I would even go as far as say that's not 100% accurate. So I, I do not know when it comes to the prison system, because even as bad as that is, I do not think 
that is crazy to happen today. I, I really don't. And I don't say that again as a bearer of just terrible news. It's just there's a reason why immediately me and Aaron Bull said we would rather have a year of our life gone. Because I think deep down some parts of us know how bad our prison system is. Mm. We just aren't a part of it. So it doesn't affect us in that way. But um, yeah, that's I'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah. Well, um, fair point. Fair point. Aaron, anything to add? I don't think so. I think that's just, it is human nature. I mean, even I'm going to say, even on the job level, very few things get uh, changed until somebody does something very extreme. Uh, so I would just say that I think it's human nature for us to think, well, as long as it's working, even when I were reading about slavery, so I just finished a book about George Whitfield um, and George Whitf- Whitfield's thing of slavery. I'm against it. But I need some slaves, so (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things. Until something extreme happens, if the system is built that way, people are going to continue to be like, "Okay, this is the way the system works," and I think it's wrong. But I think it's human nature across the board. Yeah, and as believers, what should be driving our purpose? Is driving our purpose is like we are believers, Lord Jesus Christ, what the Word of God says. And sometimes it's like we can become so much more reactionary than we are biblical about this. Like I don't know if the church actually would have even evolved to a place of being such against and opposed to where we um, about slavery, different things, unless there have been some shaking of the ground, so to speak, upon these areas culturally and and that's definitely not the the testament that we want i'm not saying in every case there's obviously there are many who did stand out but i'm saying corporately sometimes it hasn't been the case well this has been an interesting talk this talked about a lot of different aspects about how we um stories this month about that will be helpful what we can learn even today make ourselves aware sometimes these aren't happy stories sometimes they're not happy reflections but they really do make us think well guys um, all, all hearts and minds clear, whether tip tools or anything like that. I'm not sure if you have anything like that, but just let's just say our last things here before we go ahead and sign off for this episode. I'll just recommend the book Master Slave Husband and Wife by okay. Alon, Alon Wu. It's the one I read about. I think there's multiple books about the crafts. Um, I think they even have their own book, but it just came out. It was a good read for me. Uh, it is interesting to hear even not just because sometimes the books kind of just highlight what happened. Oh, they got to freedom. This one did a good job of kind of highlighting the battle wasn't over yet. Um, so mm. I enjoyed it. I see. I'll make sure that we put that in the show notes there. I see the one that you said by Elon Wu. We'll make sure to get that one in there. Uh, that looks like a super interesting one. Um, just for just for the audience to know, ask Aaron this publicly. Is it a good family read? Is it safe? Like, you know, if you drove down the road with the whole family or is it a little bit probably more of adults and teen adults? I would say teen adult, not because I think there's too many bad things in it, it's, but it is heavy. So I would say they need to be heavy. Okay. sure. Um, I would say, like my daughter, Shy, I would. I don't think I'd mind Shy reading the book at all. Um, I don't know if Tavian's ready for the themes uh, in yeah. the book because they deal a lot with, um, like, just being honest, slave uh, owners raping the yeah. um, their slaves. And so I think that's a hard topic for a parent. Yeah. So I would say probably team. Okay. Well, gotcha. Just wanted to make sure that question was publicly asked. Anton, anything else to add before we close things up? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say a book is be free or die. It's a, obviously about Robert Smalls. I think that's one of the best um, books about him. And I'm just going to say this little snippet, um, I guess to surmise 
I think a biblical view of justice for Adrian's whatever is integral. And I think I said this when I talked, I just think you need to write your best American version of justice and your best biblical view of justice. And you know, which one you have to choose when it comes to the prison system, that's what we're going to do. And when it comes to me and Aaron's, I think, which it sounds corny, we have to get back to another biblical view of marriage. And I think when you look at marriages in the past versus marriages now, you see there are things that are just fundamentally missing. I think we've lost some of that. Um, so that's another thing that I, I would just encourage you. Get back to a biblical view of marriage, get back to a biblical view of justice and not this cultural paradigm of what we consider marriage or this cultural thing of what we consider justice. You know what? Those those sounds like two great topics coming up for the future. Biblical justice, biblical marriage, and then how this theme has gone through and how God has blessed it. So um, these are these are good thoughts for us to be able to ponder for sure. Hey, well, it's been a it's been a great month. Hopefully, you've stuck with us, and uh, hopefully, if you had any questions or anything, you send it our way. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there right before I close, and that is this: that uh, while Aaron was talking, I went ahead and just checked. I believe I can fly. It's Space Jam. It has nothing to do with angels in the outfield. <laughs> no. I went so forward, right. I didn't. Have <laughs> didn't seem like it fit the theme. Uh, well, I mean, angels, come on. I believe I can fly and everybody doing the weave. For some reason, I have that attached in my mind that that's what they were singing. And actually, when I tell my kids and they hear me sing it just randomly, I'm usually doing that motion that they were doing about <laughs> the outfield of everybody. Like, we believe in you, angels. Anyway, I thought I could fly, but I can't. That's, that's Space Jam. So anyway. My bad. So before you send me an email, I know. Now I know. Anyway, well, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate all those who who listen and send comments and different things. They do not go unread and unnoticed. And uh, any questions and stuff you have, send them to a burden for the times at gmail.com. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to you joining us next time. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Stay connected by looking for A Burden for the Times on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can email us at abburdenforthetimes at gmail.com. Thanks again for being part of the A Burden for the Times community. And we look forward to you joining us next time.